Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Beatty, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Just out here, bored, in between time of college football. That's, and I guess NFL, I mean, that's the part about football. You got to wait so many days. It's not like basketball. See, but that's why we're we're a month away. Uh, a little, yeah, what, about a month away? For preseason. But I think uh, yeah. the NBA doesn't start until like October 30th. Last year it started middle of October, and they thought that they said it was too early, so they pushed it back. It's almost November when that shit starts, like October 30th or something like that. But fear not, your favorite sport of hockey regular season starts October 2nd. Shit, I might watch it this year because <laughs> it's, it's a lot of days October. in between. <laughs> You got a lot of shit going on in October. There's something every night. You got playoff baseball. You got hockey starting. You got college football. You got the NFL. I mean, you really can't be bored. If you're bored, it's on you as a sports fan. It'll be on me because I ain't watching baseball. I refuse. I watch playoff baseball, but that's that's the best I can do, man. I, I tried to play fantasy baseball this year for the first time in like a decade, and I have hated every second of it. It's too fucking long, man. It's funny. I don't have time for all that. I used to watch more foot. I mean, I used to watch more baseball than I watch now. Like, now I just can't watch it. But when I was younger, I used to watch some of it. But nowadays, man, I just it's hard for me to watch. I guess because I'm not connected to any of it either. I don't know anybody. Well, first of all, baseball is a terrible product right now. Unfortunately, all the analytics nerds have ruined baseball to where... They only got cats that it's either a home run or it's a strikeout, and it's it's like it's not really fun to watch. Yeah. Um. So and there, yeah, and like you said, there's no players you can connect with. Growing up, you had you know obviously my favorite player growing up was the Albert Pujols of the world, the Alex Rodriguez pre steroids, Ken Griffey Jr. That's my favorite, was my absolute favorite. Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. is my favorite. Once Ken Griffey I think, retired, I was no, actually once he went to Cincinnati, I was done. Yeah, I think you can probably ask any black kid in America who their favorite <laughs> player was, and they'd say uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Well, I know uh, well, Barry Bonds. Yeah, that's what I say. Why well, know? It seem like there should be more Barry Bonds fans. But because he hadn't played in almost twenty years, you know what I mean. I mean, neither is Ken Griffey Jr. But uh, you know, no one ever tanked his name. I, I don't care what anybody says. Barry Bonds is probably the best baseball player I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, the dude, the dude was incredible. Steroids or not, the the guy was absolutely incredible. So uh, I'm boycotting yeah, today. Got, let all of them in the Hall of Fame. Hey, if the pitchers are on it and the hitters are on it, then everybody deserves to be in. It's it, equal then, playing hey, field. Hey, it's an even playing field, exactly. But you know, you, you got a cat like Mike Trout, who statistically is like already at like 28, whatever, however old he is. He's like a top 10 baseball player all time, and you could you wouldn't recognize Mike Trout if you walked down the street right now. Like just a very boring, average dude, and that's that's all baseball is now. So. Can't rock with it, but I watch the playoffs, uh, especially since the cards look like they're going to get in over those cubbies. Um, Since you've wasted three minutes of our audience life, they probably all tuned out by now. So (laughs) I know some of them. Some of them got to be baseball fans. Somebody out there. So we had some college football this weekend. It was a real, uh, not a real great weekend. No real big matchups. You had a couple good games. 
you know, I, I know you watched the Arkansas game. Um, I was pretty down on them against Colorado State, and then uh, they turned around, whooped their asses, and that that was out on that. So I actually thought you know. the whole game they looked good. Like I mean, watching them, I like their little receiver Knox. Um, Starko looked a lot better. It seems like Starko being in the game just opened holes up for Boyd. Like Boyd was just having these big ass holes. But the problem is you're playing Colorado State and you guys had trouble stopping them until they – I mean, I, Oh, that defense is bad. Yeah, I mean, as long as you guys keep hurting starting quarterbacks, I guess you got a chance, but I don't know how that's going to My problem is I hated the John Chavis hire at the time. He came from Texas A&M and, and working with five-star recruits, and that defense was shitty. And so why would you think that working with, you know, three- and four-star recruits is going to – he's all of a sudden going to be able to be a good defensive coordinator. I never understood that hire. It was bad at the time. It's bad now. Because those um, four- and five-stars don't listen, you know. Three-stars and two-stars, they're purists, you know. <laughs> Speaking of that, we got to get to the Tim Tebow situation here in a second. But uh, let's go over the weekend games real quick because there ain't a lot of them. I mean, I want to talk about Chip Kelly down at UCLA. Um, whatever he's doing is has got to. I mean, this would have a regular cat fired by now. Am I right? I mean, he's, is this his second or third year at UCLA? Second, I believe it's his second. And if it's his third, then I know the first one was bad. But it's definitely yeah. Yeah. So he hadn't had a good performance. I don't know why they're giving him so much leeway. Um, I mean, UCLA's done this with the past what seven eight years. Get the name coach and nobody can turn it around. I don't understand it. They're in a hotbed. They're in LA. Why can't they get talent? Why can't they put a winner on the field? Because they're not USC. Yeah, but so, I mean, you should still. I mean, you're still in LA. You're still UCLA. Yeah. You know what I mean? You should still be able. You can't. You see, I mean, USC hasn't hadn't been that great. So I mean, yeah, I mean they've been bad for a while. If Washington, if Washington State can become good, and uh, Washington has been good, you know, Oregon gets good every now and again. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, I guess it's something that I'm missing. I just don't get how they can't get more talent there, man. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely an issue. So uh, they better turn it the hell around over there or Chip Kelly may be out of football completely because I, I don't see a scenario where he can go back to the NFL. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure there will always be college jobs, but, you know, he this has got to be the last high-profile one, right? Like, I mean, unless he turns it around somehow. Yeah, I mean, it, it just really feels like the game has passed him by. I mean, once it, it's funny because once you get exposed and you can't adjust to that, like when he came to the NFL, they exposed him so quickly. You know, he won with uh, Andy Reid's old talent. They went 10-6, and six, went to the playoffs with Nick Foles. But that next year, that offense, when defensive coordinators in the NFL really sat down and looked at his play calling, they figured out that he's only running three plays. <laughs> they right. were all RPOs, and it was only a total of, like, three plays. And once they figured that out, it hadn't worked. So that had to translate to college where everyone knows what he's running because he just can't even real, really move the ball. I mean, I'm an OU right. fan, and OU, we score points. But, shit, I think over the past two years, he's had trouble scoring on OU. And OU's defense was garbage last year. So, I mean, I Yeah, I mean – 
they're they're not a good team. They are not a good team at all. And they they don't. And the thing is, they don't even look like they're close to being a good team. Like there's no particular players because I watched some of that game. There's no players that you can point and be like, yeah, that's that's a guy that's going to the league, or that's a guy that as he takes a step as a sophomore or senior or junior, whatever the case may be, that you know you can really build the program around it. Doesn't it just seems like a mess there? So I guess you got to uh, give them time. I mean, if if you have a high profile name, they have a tendency to. If you have a high profile name and the right skin color, they have a tendency to give you three <laughs> or four years to get your recruits in and play them. Because you could be like Charlie Strong's <laughs> ass and uh, coaching down in South Florida, wherever the hell he's at now. Yeah, I mean, but. I mean, he'll always be able to get a job just because some team needs that name recognition. But, you know, I'm enjoying it. The way he destroyed my Eagles and got rid of Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy. And, oh, man. So, it couldn't happen to a better person, man. Well, (laughs) uh, we'll we'll see how it works out for old Chip. Um, USC was beaten by BYU, if you want to call that an upset. The Pac-12 is kind of like we we kind of talked about. Pac-12 is done. Um, unless Utah can run the table, but uh, that's kind of their only hope. And that, that's not to slight Utah because Utah's got a damn good defense and they're a good team. But uh, the Pac-12 is pretty much we can we can kiss it goodbye, uh, save for Utah at the moment. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean USC taking Stanford loss again. Yeah, so I said USC taking that loss. I mean I think Oregon's only loss is to uh, Auburn, so Auburn, they're still. Yeah. It's still hanging around, but I got a feeling that USC is going to end up beating Utah this week, which is really just going to fuck everything up. I just don't have much faith in the Pac-12. It was like this for the ACC for a while, but the problem is ACC always had, like, one dominant team, though. So the the other parts of the league were kind of trash, but they had one dominant team that made up for it. We say, oh, they're in a weak conference, but they're dom- they got Clemson or, you know, whoever. So that's the only problem with the – with the Pac-12, man. I mean, it's, it's it's pretty bad right now. So, I mean, we're talking about that. Why can't UC- USC or why can't UCLA get good? I guess that's just the West Coast thing because these Southern teams and these East, these Southern teams and Midwest teams, they've invaded California and Arizona and taken all the talent. Now the talent's coming to the Big 12. They're coming to the SEC. They're coming to these, these schools over East and South. And Cal- California's not getting those schools anymore. The West Coast aren't keeping their talent. Because I know OU is full of kids from the from California and Arizona. So they're going to have to find well, a way to keep well, their talent. well, That's all about to change here very soon, and I'm glad you said it. <laughs> uh, California's agreed to start paying their college athletes for or they can get paid off their likeness. Ah. Uh, and Sure enough, there the other states will follow, but California looks like they're going to be the first to do so, which will surely attract, uh, will keep their in-state talent and probably attract others from, um, you know, across the country. So, um, now that ruling has been met with mixed reviews. Uh, you know, you've got certain types of people, maybe perhaps more affluent types of people, that um, disagree with with college athletes being paid, um, and you know that the scholarship should be enough the purity of the game blah 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 well how much can you pay the band guys and i've heard a lot of arguments about it so tim tebow is the the latest to make um the argument he says that if he were even allowed to be paid he would have turned it down and (laughs) i mean living in a real yeah i mean living in a real la la land because 
that that just goes to show you the privilege of a guy like Tim Tebow who thinks that his situation is the only situation that matters. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. He 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 got he has to he has to take into account that everybody's not Tim Tebow, man. You know what I mean? Like he, I don't know. I just I he comes from a different situation than a lot of college athletes, and it's kind of it's what was the quarterback that was at UCLA? Uh, was it Rosen? It was Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah, yeah, Rosen that made those same comments about if the if they went stricter on grades and a lot of these schools wouldn't be good like Alabama. Like they have to be comp they have to understand their privilege. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people right. really need this money. Like just a little bit could help them, could help their family. Just going to school, like watching your family still suffer while you're in school and you're working hard and people are making money off you. They're making not millions, but billions off billions. these kids. Not millions, billions off these kids. You're telling me if you if this organization is making billions, and I hate when you do this, but it is kind of like a, like a slavery in not the fact that the kids are slaves, but in the fact that they're able to make so much revenue without paying their talent. Like that's how cotton and stuff became big and America became as big as it did because if you don't have labor, labor is your highest cost in business. So if you're not paying for the labor, but you're getting all the benefits, you know, <laughs> so. I, right. And, what is yeah, what, what's it? What's it called? You know, what is I it mean, called? <laughs> it's modern day slavery. So. Now, I mean, to, to like, like the credit, it's, I hate equating anything with slavery. Um, and instantly people go to what slavery is and was, but you know, it, it, it is what it is, right? Economically, it's unpaid if, you, labor. if you look at it economically and not, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? How you can profit from it, how they're profiting from it. It's a lot like it. Cause they're putting in the bare minimum. Cause you can say, Oh, well they're giving them scholarships. Okay. You had to buy slaves too. It's just like buying, you know, they were buying cattle. Like they weren't just getting any slaves for free. Okay. You had to buy them. But I have a question. Go ahead. Tim Tebow, do you recall him playing college baseball? No, did he? Hmm, that's a good question because somehow he's playing professional baseball. Uh, do you think that he got that off the merit of his play? Yeah. Or but that's kind of was it the privilege? No, not, how did he earn this opportunity? I don't want to say that because if you get a name enough and you be gimmicky, because you can say the same thing about Jordan. Like how the hell? Would but Jordan? he's getting, but he's getting paid off his likeness, correct? Like he's not a great baseball player. He hasn't played baseball since high school, and but somehow he's able to make money off his likeness. Which, you know, he even brought up that he was the third best selling jersey in, in the, around the world behind like Kobe and LeBron, and then it was him, and. You know, either way, look, man, it's just silly. It is beyond silly to think that because the band, what people don't understand, what people who have not been college athletes don't understand is these guys aren't allowed to have jobs, yeah. right? There, there's there's no way for them to make money. So the, the they want you to focus on being the best you can be. Right. But the comparison to them and the regular student, average Joe, who had put himself through school out there is, guess what, average Joe? You generated zero dollars for the school. You got to have a job to go to school, you know, and these guys are not afforded the avenues to do that. A free education, yes, that is nice. But I had a guy say, well, that's like getting paid, so it's end of story. Like getting paid and getting paid 
is not the same thing, unfortunately. Well, I would dare anyone to say that to go look at these college kids' schedule because even if you take in count of a scholarship, which could be fifty, sixty thousand dollars or whatever it is, and the hours that they put in, like these dudes are literally strapped all day. It's like no free time in between what they're doing. You mean you getting Correct. up from like six a.m. We're talking about from like six to eight. These dudes are on a schedule between study hall classes, weightlifting, um, practice, walkthroughs. Like there's no like a, there's not a lot of free time in what they're doing. So that if it's like a job, if you look at the hours, yeah, your job goes nine to five. You work eight hours, and there's laws. These dudes are literally literally up twelve, sixteen hour days putting in everything to make that team better and not profiting. I mean, I guess the bigger question would be, do you believe paying these athletes in California is going to change recruiting in California? Do you think it'll draw more recruits there? 100%. That, that is a, a big time. Uh, um, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of leverage to say. And, and, you know, like I said, one thing that I will say is I, I'm not saying that these guys should be paid millions or, or whatever. Because we know, I mean, even with the payments, we know that some of these other schools are paying. Correct. So, I mean, oh, I don't, no I don't think it. that it's going to drastically change recruiting if, if you go there and they're telling you they're going to pay you this, that, and other. Because I think these other colleges, the top recruits, are getting something, whether it's the booster handshakes, whether it's some way to get money in these guys' pockets. When I talk about paying athletes, I'm never talking about the number you know, number one recruit in the nation and blah, 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 these high-profile right. five-stars. I'm not talking about those. It's the, the lower where it matters class is the other guys. Yeah. Absolutely, the the three stars, the guy, the 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 guys who were not highly recruited, the, those guys, it's going to make a difference. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna start to see their in-state players stay in-state, and players who, uh, you know, you'll you'll potentially see better talents and walk-on talent. I mean, all around, just if there's a chance to get paid from people who aren't who aren't coming from the best economic situations i mean yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be something so um i i expect to see a boost I, i'm not sure when that goes into effect i actually haven't read all that yet but uh i'm interested to see how this plays out and i, I think if that's the case you will see california athletics make a comeback well i'll tell you how far i think the pac-12 has fallen i mean they're quote-unquote big game is now airing on Fridays. It seems like they're making a conservative effort to showcase their teams. to Because, I mean, that's that's one of the big things about the college football playoffs that people don't realize. you got to get in front of people, you know what I'm saying, and have them watch your game. And it seems like uh, the Pac-12 is making an effort to put their games on Friday where there's no nothing else going on. So you can see it last week. It was uh, Washington State, one of their better teams, playing Houston, which is a good non-conference game. Uh, this week they got Utah versus USC as the primetime game on Friday at 8 o'clock. What else are you doing? College football only game on. So it give them a chance to get in front of people so they, they would have had a chance if these teams could have won. But, of course, USC went and screwed it up. So yeah, let's get to this week. Um, definitely a lot better of a of a, a, a line this week than uh, than last week. You got Michigan, Wisconsin, as you mentioned. Um, USC, Utah should be a pretty good game. One thing I didn't hear you say was uh, Southern Mississippi, Alabama, but you know I'll let that slide. Um, the eleven a.m. game before people even woke. Yeah, it's nine a.m. out here. I was, that's that's a little early for football. Um, but you got Auburn, Texas A and M, and then uh, to cap off the night, you've got Oregon, Stanford, and uh, Texas and Oklahoma State, which is usually a pretty good game. Um, also got Washington, BYU. 
Washington BYU. So you got this is a better slate of games. Notre Dame uh, Georgia. Week. Can't forget that one. Did I miss Notre Dame? Yeah, you missed Notre Dame. I did miss Notre Dame. This is going to be a big year for Notre Dame because last year everyone was saying, "Oh, they didn't deserve to be in." They uh, played a weak schedule. They have a monstrous schedule this year, and this is the first game up for that monstrous schedule. You got Notre Dame going to Georgia. So if Notre Dame comes out undefeated on this schedule, there's no way anyone can say that they don't don't deserve to be in. Now, they're not. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll get beat by 20 by Georgia this weekend. But I'm impressed that they had such a light schedule, even though these games were set like years ago. But that the flip, you know what I'm saying? One of the weakest schedules in the nation to one of the hardest schedules in the nation, if not maybe the hardest schedule in the nation. Well, they go they go to Georgia, and then they've got uh, Virginia coming to town uh, the week after, which Virginia is, the, uh, is ranked 21. Um, then they've got USC a couple weeks down the road, which, I mean, still, you know, USC is a quality opponent. They may not be as good as they were, but they are quality. You've got Michigan the week after. you got Virginia Tech the week after. I mean, yeah, this schedule is brutal. And then you finish off with, uh, I mean, you got a couple in there, Duke, Navy, uh, you know, uh, Boston College. So those aren't Those are like standard. The hardest That's like games. their standard uh, league games. Right. And they're not in a yeah. league, but they play those pretty much. But then you finish off at Stanford, who Stanford looks like their their season's coming unraveled already. But either way, yeah, that's a that's a that's a brutal schedule. So um, I mean, it's no SEC West schedule, but you know, um, it's it's <laughs> not be taking the bait. To see. Well, I, I mean, I did say Alabama was playing Southern Miss. I mean, <laughs> has Alabama played anybody yet? Anybody worth a damn? Because uh, Duke, New Mexico State, uh, South Carolina. You know, Ole Miss. I mean, th- these aren't good games. Like, and and I, I know people are getting on on Nick Saban about this shit, but seriously though, schedule some teams. I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> get mad at them because uh, they for for the past few years they have had they've had had a. I mean, no, I guess the past couple of years they hadn't, but they, you know they used to play one game. You know, the first game of the season that'd be a top ten game. That they've gotten away from that the last couple of years. But as I said, these games are set so far ahead of time. You don't want to do that shit for 10 straight years. So at some point, you got to fall back because in their mind, the SEC West is so difficult. I don't believe it's difficult for Bama, but I can understand why you don't want to put too many tough games on there, especially when one loss, then you got to see Auburn, LSU, Georgia potentially. You know, you got to you want to you want to balance it out, man. You still want to get in that playoff. Right. Um. So, what's the what's the biggest game that you have this this Saturday besides um, Georgia and uh, Notre Dame? I do think that's going to be a fantastic game, by the way. Yeah, I think that's the biggest game of the weekend, just because what it what's on the line. It's going to be a quality win for Georgia, quality win for Notre Dame. Whoever goes, that was the big argument last year. Notre Dame shouldn't have got in over Georgia. So you're going to kind of see how Georgia stacks up against Notre Dame. Both of these teams lost a lot of talent. But you'll get to see. I mean, it's not going to be. It's going to be a kind of a false equivalent if Georgia beats them by thirty. And you say, "See, told you Notre Dame didn't deserve to be in." It's not going to be the same. They don't got Miles Boykin. They don't got Dexter Williams. But it it does show, you know, kind of where those teams are at. You'll get a good idea where both those teams are at, whether they win or lose. So that's the game I'm most interested in. But like I said, I'm really interested in this Oklahoma State Texas because Texas already took a loss to LSU. Oklahoma State tends to have Texas number. 
Um, just that offense, Mike Gundy does something that gives Texas real trouble, that wide-open offense. But if Texas takes a loss this week, that may, that may that's real big trouble for the Big 12 as a whole because another loss could kick them out of the college football playoffs altogether because that league is going to be weak. There's not a lot of good teams in the Big 12. So if Texas takes two losses early, OU almost has to go undefeated. But they got the Jalen Hurts storyline working for them, but they're going to have to blow dudes out because this, this conference is atrocious. It's almost Pac-12 level. Speaking of atrocities, uh, the Clemson Tigers don't play another ranked team, don't play a ranked team all year uh, since since Texas A&M. Uh, they don't play another ranked team at all. Um, and Trevor Lawrence hadn't, look, hadn't looked good. That was exactly what I was going to say. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, – now – to be fair, Clemson did lose a lot of talent to the NFL. Um, but, uh, you know, I was kind of saying that I didn't really believe in Tua uh, coming into the season. I just – I wasn't a big believer in him. I think he's good. I, but I, he reminds me of, like, the Matt Liner thing where I think there's so much talent around him that he uh, is I, – I think that talent around him makes him look better than he is. And I could be wrong. And Tua's having a fantastic year. Uh, but in the same sense, I turned around and I praised Joe, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Joey Lawrence, um, <laughs> Tre- Trevor Lawrence, and uh, you know he's not he's not been great this year, and and Tua has looked great, and and you know the one the one I've been trying to figure out who Trevor Lawrence reminds reminds me of, and I think it's Brett Favre, you know, um, <laughs> gunslinger. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I heard Booger McFarland comparing your boy uh, Baker McFar- uh, Baker Baker Mayfield to uh, Brett Favre last night, so I thought that was funny. Yeah, they, but, uh, they do that a lot, though. Yeah, but this Clemson schedule is doo-doo. It's, it's purely bad. It looks like they're going to be the number one team going into everything. I mean, they, they're, at the end of the year, ACC is god-awful. Good night, it's bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think this just might be an overall down year in college fo- football. I mean, it's, I said that, too. There's not a lot I, I of great teams, man. Weekend. Yeah, and you know you can kind of maybe you can point to parity, um, but yeah, it just doesn't seem like there's a team that's like steamrolling and dominant um, because as, while Clemson has blown out teams, they haven't looked great doing it. Alabama hasn't. I mean, Alabama's going to be Alabama, but I can't like definitively say that they're they're the best team in the country right now. Um, and as we talked about, the AC the SEC isn't um, isn't is pretty top heavy. Uh, the ACC stinks. The Pac-12 stinks. The Big Ten looks like they've got a bunch of mediocre teams. I just, you know, there, there's nothing. College football is kind of lacking that excitement this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got you got the storylines with the quarterbacks. You know, Trevor Lawrence, Tua. You got uh, Jalen Hurts' storyline. They're all good. I mean, Oklahoma looks good, but they haven't played anybody of note, so you can't really, you won't really be able to tell anything from them until they play Texas in the next three weeks. You know what I mean? So you know, you don't know what you're getting from any of these teams. Now that makes the college football playoffs a lot more interesting when you get those matchups because you don't really know. You know what I mean? But the you'll, you'll know from the SEC because LSU, Auburn, Georgia, they're, they're going to have to match up and play each other. But, you know, Clemson, an OU, a Utah, you're not really going to have a good understanding of how good these teams are until you see them probably in the college football playoff. So I have a quick question before we move on. Um, a report came out in the Wall Street Journal that um, uh, high school athletic participants 
is down a record amount um and it's, i think it's the lowest it's been in in since the 70s or something silly like that but football in particular um has not seen the growth that they they're used to experiencing in fact um you've had certain schools that have had to close down their football programs because they have not been able to get enough participants um and actually real sports on hbo with brian gumble did a did a fantastic story on that a couple months ago um do you think that this is is going to be a little bit alarming for college football moving forward i mean you know the, the pros will always make the pros but um you know as far as college football goes do you think that this is a, an alarming thing to see yes i do i mean i I think it's very alarming because number one, you know, you got a lot of people that are just scared to put people. After all these reports, people just don't want their kids playing football. I mean, some football players don't want their kids playing football, and that's that's already going to take some athletes. What I tell people is, you get so arrogant as a sport that you think you're always going to be on top. There was a time where boxing was the most popular sport in the world. There was a time where baseball was the most popular sport in America. You know what I mean? It's not a given just because you're the most popular sport, it'll stay that way. So, you know, boxing was killed by corruption. Baseball was killed by the steroids. Like, it, you can push these athletes in different directions. It, it all depends on what they're playing when they're younger. These kids could now be, I mean, more than likely these kids are being pushed into, like, soccer or more towards basketball and playing. And UFC is a big thing now. Not UFC. Yeah, UFC. That's a big thing. I think there's just other avenues that are safer for kids to play and still make money. And I think another thing, I mean, you laugh at me when I say this all the time. I'm telling you, man, if the XFL opens that shit up to high school kids, it's going to seem like a gimmick. But you can almost destroy college football if you did that and build the XFL up. If you give them an avenue, kids an avenue to come in, and you take that age limit away. That's if I was if I was Vince McMahon, that's what I would do. I would not put an age limit on my league and allow recruits to come into the XFL, and that would change the game as we know it. That'll be like the Herschel Walker effect or the Jim Kelly when they got that changes everything. Yeah, I don't know if I can get on board with that last part, but <laughs> I still, I mean, grown men going against college athletes, I mean, or high school athletes, it just. You talk about you talk about safety issues. <laughs> uh, you you're gonna get these kids killed, but but they're not playing you know, for free I, either, right? Uh, no, I agree. Um, but you you, you oh, realize like you look. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now I was gonna say, and another thing you can't overlook with it, how college athletics is um, AAU system because I've been seeing like some kids don't play basketball because they're waiting for the AAU. You know, if you take an injury, then you sit out of your you know, high school basketball season because you're going to play in AAU. You're going to have more eyeballs, better competition, more chance to get scholarships in AAU. So that's also bringing down the participation in high school sports. True. I think AAU has ruined uh, I think, a lot of basketball. Yeah, Adam Silver's going to get a hold of that shit, though. He's, he's going to take care yeah. of that. I guarantee because, that. And that's kind of the difference of having a good commissioner or a great commissioner like Adam Silver and having a, a bozo like uh, like Roger Goodell, but because that shit trickles down, it really does. Um, and the NBA is thriving. I mean, you know, and, and the NFL, while it is still the most popular sport in America, I mean, there, there's really no bones to be made about that. I mean, it, that that's just the facts. But you and I have been saying it. I think in 20 years that is that is not going to be the case. I think that basketball that the NBA will take that over. Yeah, the NBA but, is not, way more popular worldwide. It's like the second most popular sport to soccer. Right? 
Right. Oh, yeah. And then in the fact that with the younger generations, like the generation below us, they barely even like football. They're definitely more basketball fans because it's more player friendly. But you you talk about steering those athletes one way or the other. If you're a parent, um, you know, you look at you and I talked about a few weeks ago. Le'Veon Bell was fighting for 15 million dollars. Yeah. You know, the 15th man is making 15 million dollars in the NBA. Uh, You know, Right, yeah, that, that's true. That's that's lunch money to to, to NBA players. So um, people are watching, and and they they'll see. And then you watch, you know, Monday Night Football last night, um, which wasn't that great of a game. But you see David and Joku fall on his neck. You know what I mean? Like, and everybody watching was just like, shit. Bro, the Brooklyn uh, Nets sold like half of the ownership to one of the other owners for two billion dollars. That team wasn't even purchased for two billion dollars, you know what I mean? But half the other half of the ownership was purchased, and if just to put that in perspective, the L.A. Clippers were Balmer purchased the L.A. Clippers for two billion dollars. So in that time between Balmer buying the Clippers and today, the NBA has grown so much that now part of the team that means that the Brooklyn Nets are in the four, five million, five billion dollar range as a franchise. Yeah. It's it's insane. So you, you just follow the money. Soccer is the fastest growing sport in America. The NBA is the most popular sport next to football. Um, baseball regionalized. Um, hockey, unfortunately, just has not been able to to uh, latch on. But um, we'll see, man. I'm curious. I, you know, that's something to watch. That high school athletics is 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 uh, low on players and participation. Um, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. But let's get to the NFL. Um, Crazy. That was one of the craziest weeks. I mean, starting with Crazy. The Antonio Brown and all that stuff, and then moving into. Turns out he injuries. out there farting in doctors' faces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, where's it in with this dude, man? Like shit, you just don't expect to hear or read. Is this motherfucker's walking around farting in a doctor's face on more than one occasion? <laughs> Bro, I just got so much respect for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers organization because they were like saying, oh, they're out of control. They can't control this dude. And now you realize how much they were controlling this dude. He is a clown, <laughs> yeah. man. Like, they had this dude under, like, wraps. Like, you didn't hear any of this stuff. He was, like, it's, I just have so much respect for that organization and keeping this dude under control because it only took him getting traded for us to see the real... Antonio Brown and to really see his character and what they've been dealing with for what the past seven years. So it's it's nuts. You talk about showing your ass, man. I mean, this dude, next level. And, you know, but the Pats, they played him and he had a good game. Um, You know, but the report said that if that second, if that second lady would have came out with her case, then they definitely know the lawsuit. Because I, I think that happened after the after the Pat signing. So, because there's a second lady now, but that came like late or this week. The first lady yeah. came before the signing. They said that that Britney girl would have came out before the Pat signed them. That the Pats wouldn't have signed them. They didn't know anything about that lawsuit. And then another girl came out and said he was walking around the house in a weird, like, small towel with his dick <laughs> hanging out, just being weird. I mean. <laughs> You know, have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, you've seen some crazy shit. Like, we all talked about, you know, what's the craziest shit you've seen? And, and everyone talked about T.L., but T.L. was not on this nah, level. Nah, it was crazy. Different. I'm trying to think of the, the, the stories kind of like Zeke. Zeke had these type of stories, I want to say. 
You know what I'm saying? They weren't they weren't as explicit. Like he wasn't raping anybody or stuff, but it was just like little stories like this just kept piling up. Like, oh, Zeke, Zeke was at a party and he slapped the girl's face and you know just little stories like that but now the insanity of the whole thing i i haven't seen anything like this and the pats are seem like they're trying to make it a point but it's more about trying to look like they're right but i think they would welcome the commissioner's exempt list because they didn't pay him 15 million guaranteed that's what it looked like in the news like oh he got all his money back from the raiders he got 14 no, he got million. 9 million guaranteed. he got 9 million guaranteed he got like four and a half million or five million that was in crazy incentives where you got to have 120 catches you got to have 1400 yards and 16 touchdowns or 18 touchdowns incentive that he was never going to get so i think they would welcome <laughs> you know, a commissioner suspension on that one-year contract, then they can wash their head, hands with it and walk away and be through. Because I don't think they expected this. This, You know, the Pats will take some level, but it's supposed to calm down when you get there and keep them quiet. They can't control the situation because there's still stories coming out. The floodgates are open now. You're going to hear because the floodgates are going to open because now he's more vulnerable to lawsuits. It's more likely that he'll settle or give you money. So you're about to start hearing about all kinds of shit coming out. It's like Bill Cosby. Good. Fuck him. Now, I will say I don't I don't want his freedom compromised if he's innocent, but I mean, f- his career, fuck him. You know, and and maybe I am a bitter Raiders fan, but this I mean, it, shit like this can't go like just unpunished. You know what I mean? Even it's just like that you they threw Greg Hardy out the league rightfully so. I mean, and and he was never given it. Uh, Ray Rice, same thing. I mean, it's now while you don't have proof you got to be watching this shit and be like, yo, one more thing comes out. We're putting you on the exempt list and we'll, then once everything stops coming out, then we'll look at the case. But there, there's got to be something that, because this is not a good look for the NFL as a whole, that you've got this guy who, you know, forced his way out of New England, came and absolutely fucked over the Raiders, and then is now, you know, a, as you said, a second lawsuit has come out. Um, and, and more story, more and more stories just coming with this guy on your, in your premier franchise that, that has, is competing for a Super Bowl every year. It's not a good look yeah, at all. It was, it was. I mean, he was already with the Raiders, but you know, you can, you can kind of deal with it with the Raiders because the Raiders kind of been, sure. you know, that's kind of been the thing with the Raiders for a long time. Now you go to yeah. the Pats, you're in the spotlight, and the Pats are gonna be in the spotlight all year. You know what I'm saying? That's like a bad egg. That's like a cut, uh, a real bad egg going to the Warriors, where you you just put that in the spotlight. And the NFL definitely don't want to have that in the spotlight with the domestic abuse. The one thing I say is why I believe 1,000% that he's going to eventually be on the commissioner's exempt list is not because of the rape or the kissing. It's the masturbation on the back. And it's because he pretty much admitted to it. And now they want to, I know they're going to see the whole conversation and maybe it'll be a blackmail attempt, something that can get him out of it. But when you start your fucking email out as I jacked it on your back, like what's the purpose of sending that message? Right. And there's not really a lot of, you know, consenting occasions where you're jacking it on their back. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I mean, it, it's not a good look. No, it's not. It's all. not. And they said they interviewed um, that Britney lady for 10 hours yesterday. 10 hours today. And no, I think it thought it was, was it today? Or? You're right, yesterday. Yesterday, and said Antonio Brown could be coming in as soon as this week, so he could be on the exempt list before the weekend. Yeah, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, it's just, it's a clown show. I don't really want to talk about it anymore, but I, I'm I'm tired of hearing Antonio Brown's name. 
Um, and with that said, let's move on to some of these injuries. Oh, my Lord. Week two injuries were devastating for the team. I think this has shifted the NFL. Um, you had Drew Brees go out. He is he out for no, he's not out for the season. He's out for six days. He's out for six weeks. Yeah, six weeks. Ben Roethlisberger with an elbow injury. He's out for, for the, the season. season. You had the New York Jets quarterback get mono. And then I didn't notice. Did you hear on Monday Night Football where they were talking about the reasons for the mono? Like, uh-uh. so the reason is like he could feel better. But apparently, when you're an adult, spleen, yeah, your spleen right? is like yeah. inflated, and even when you feel better, your spleen is still inflated. So he's like at least out for four weeks because he could die or rupture his spleen, like Andrew right. Luck did, which is nuts that right. people wouldn't clap for him. And this dude had his damn spleen rupture, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. But yeah, it's just. And then uh, Miles Garrett just destroys Trevor Simeon. Now he's out, so. Uh, Luke Falk is the quarterback for the moment of New York Jets. They did say they saw Kaepernick in New Jersey, so watch, keep an eye out for that, you know. That could be the big thing with Adam Gase, you know. I hate Adam Gase, bro. I do too. I hate Adam Gase. Uh, (laughs) The one thing I will say is uh, when when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, Drew Brees in particular, Drew Brees is 40 years old, man, 41. So a thumb injury you know, and I was listening to Chris Long talk about it. He said he had a similar thumb injury. He could barely, you know, open his car door now. Like he can barely grip because of, you know, when you have uh, injuries to smaller muscles and smaller ligaments, the um, the recovery process, the rehab process, has to be so exact. But so there, there's concerns that Drew Brees, you know, might be done here. Um, Bro, I jammed I, I, my index finger a year and a half ago, and this shit still ain't healed. Mm-hmm. Like, I still so, can't bend it right. Now I don't have the elite level of doctors that Drew Brees have. I'm just saying, don't discount these, like, random finger injuries because they don't heal yeah. like an ankle. <laughs> it's weird. And let's not forget, Cam Newton may not play this this uh, this week yep. uh, with a foot injury. Sounds like he, the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but let's start, let's start with that game. Uh, a, not a good game. Awful. B, Jameis Winston is a. I think we said it last week. I don't know how he's a starting NFL quarterback, but Cam Newton has looked god awful this year, and maybe that's injuries from the shoulder last year, the foot holding him back. But Cam has looked a lot like Jameis Winston. Questionably <laughs> um, worse. Yeah, I mean that's fair. It, it's it's been a it's been a lot. It's been a little bit of a shit show. The Panthers are now zero and two. And a lot of that is squarely on Cam Newton. Yeah, man, I was watching that game. And, it, and it's funny because they played the Rams. And they actually played well against the Rams. They just lost. And they had a game plan. Yeah, they used the shit out of Christian McCaffrey. A lot of underneath throws. Just putting the ball in your playmaker's hands. And then you go into the press conference and you make these jokes. Like, you want the ball in your hands. You think you need to, you know what I mean? Like, kind of arrogant. Like, you're using Christian McCaffrey too much, too many underneath throws. You want to let it fly, let it rip. And then you go you against the Tampa Bay Fantasy team. Yeah, then you go against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it seems like the coaching staff listened to him, changed the game plan, and his throws were awful. I mean, dudes were open. He was just missing them by five yards. And it could be the shoulder, it could be the foot, it could, it's probably injury. He probably came back too fast. But whatever it is, if you know that you're hurt, 
then just stick to the game plan. Why do you want to do more than you can do? You know what I mean? It's an arrogance and an ego about these players where you could just keep checking it down to Christian McCaffrey, take the check down. It's like you, it has to be on you. You have to be the reason why they win. And with players like Tom Brady or players like a Drew Brees, yeah, they do throw for 400 yards. But I've seen games where Drew Brees throw it to Alvin McCaffrey. Uh, what is it, Kamara? Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Alvin yeah. Kamara, like 13 times in a row. Like, it's not about you. It's not about your ego. It's got to be about winning games. And that's the one thing that kind of irritates me sometimes with Cam is I don't know that it's always about winning games with him. You know, the th- one thing that I've noticed about Cam is it does not look like he's having fun playing football. No, it doesn't. Um, it looks like, like I mean, his press conference, he's miserable. Um, on the on the field, he's miserable. I mean, you, you don't see that guy that would run around, bust out the Superman, go give uh, a kid in the stands the ball. Like, you just don't see that, you know. And for me, because I like Cam Newton. I think I think Cam Newton's fantastic. Um, but it's kind of sad to see, and I wonder if, it, if a lot of it's mental with him right now because kind of like Andrew Luck, you know, it comes a point to where – and we, we can go back to, you know, uh, high school participants in football, but I think we're going to start to see more and more of these early retirements. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be, you know, shocking like Andrew Luck, but you look at Cam Newton, and it's definitely not the Cam Newton of, of two two years ago, three years ago, and it's a little it's a little alarming to see. It's because Cam Newton listens. He listens to the critics. He listens to what people say, and he's want, he wants to prove them wrong. That's what I mean by the – um, the check downs and the fantasy and stuff. Why do you care about any of that? You know what I mean? You listen to people say, oh, Cam Newton had a bad fantasy day. He let me down. He's checking the ball down. He's checked down. Like, who cares, man? It's got to be about winning games at the end of the day. And I don't know that Cam Newton, like Cam Newton put this pressure on himself, which rightfully so, but you shouldn't be actively like thinking about it in front of the team like he I want to be a Hall of Famer I want to be the best quarterback yes you should but prove that with your play and at the end of the day if you win games it really doesn't matter there's been seasons where Tom Brady didn't throw for like 4,000 yards but you don't care because <laughs> they probably won a Super Bowl you know what I mean it's, if you can win games it's all it should be about and like I said I don't feel like that's what it's about with Cam Newton on a regular basis and that's my only problem I like Cam too I want Cam to play his game that's why I like about um, Lamar Jackson being with Harbaugh. I like that they let him use his talents. He doesn't have to be in the mold of any quarterback. Don't make him just sit in the pocket to prove people wrong, to prove that he can throw. No. Use him as a weapon. Let him get outside the pocket. Let him break the defense down. Let the defense put people in the pocket. I mean, put people in the box. Then let him rip it deep to Marquise Brown. Use your quarterback's talent. They do not have to be a sit-in-the-pocket, accurate passer. Use his skills. Yeah, so something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, I have a controversial statement. Hmm. Uh, Maybe it's controversial. Um, I think we're seeing signs of Aaron Rodgers, like, not being good. Bro, I feel like he's been like that for the past three years, and people have been sleeping on it. I don't want to say he's not good because he is, um, but he is not – you talk about not being the same quarterback with Cam Newton – Aaron Rodgers does not look like Aaron Rodgers to me. Um, and it doesn't look like he's ever had fun playing football. But, um, you know, <laughs> he's, he's just always kind of bitchy. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's well documented. But um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like the same Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's not a cat that, 
the defense looks over on the other side of the field and they fear anymore. And and it shows. Um, now, but, they did pull off this game. That defense is for real. It helps that Kirk Cousins stinks. Um, but, I mean, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Oh, now you bad. agree. It took three years for you finally yeah. to agree. You always yeah. want to point out when I'm wrong. Just point out that I told you that three years ago. I will I will admit that I was wrong in that, but I will also say that that, uh, that offensive line, as far as pass protection goes, is pretty piss poor. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been under pressure 60% of his dropbacks. Yeah, but it That's also enough. goes to if you're not making the right reads and getting rid of the ball, then your offensive line can look terrible also. Well, true, but but that offensive line, Dalvin Cook is carving motherfuckers up left and right. That's why I can't uh, say that it's terrible. I feel like that he's not making the reads and he's holding the ball too long because he's back there. A lot of times he gets hit from, like, the back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you take your five, seven-step drop, and dudes are pushing his offensive lineman all the way around him and then coming to get him. There's no way he should be back there that long. Yeah, um, but Kirk Cousins is really, really bad. Uh, which which is a shame because the Vikings have a great defense. I almost wonder if they wish they had Case Keenum back there still. Um, uh, and that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. The difference between a quarterback that holds the ball too long and tries too hard to make plays, as opposed to a Case Keenum that's comfortable being a game manager and just getting the ball out of his hands quick, getting the ball to the playmakers. Like Case Keenum, one thing about Case Keenum, he's not gonna hold the ball. <laughs> that ball's coming out. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. I, you know, but back to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers has not looked good to me. Um, there, there was a, a a time when it was unfathomable that Aaron Rodgers wasn't, you know, didn't throw for three hundred yards. Which, you know, it's arbitrary number, whatever. Three hundred yards, two, three touchdowns. That was like expected from Aaron Rodgers. Now, yeah, like you said, over the past two, three seasons, you're looking at. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is throwing, you know, one touchdown. And his or two touchdowns maybe, and his stat line is looking more like, uh, you know, he's throwing for you know two hundred yards, one hundred and fifty yards off, off twenty five attempts or something. It's just I don't like what I'm seeing out of Aaron Rodgers, and it's been a while, but not a lot of people are talking about it. Can we say that Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback right now? Because I, I don't think you can. I don't think he's been a top five quarterback for those. Now I will say this. I mean, because I'm gonna be fair. The same thing I say with about Dak Prescott. You can't really judge a quarterback if he doesn't have weapons. So I know a lot of people judge Dak, said he was dink and dump player. But now, huh, you give him some receivers and some weapons around him. Now he's throwing for 400 yards, letting it loose, ripping it downfield. Uh, it's all about your weapons. So you got Devontae Adams. Ever since um, Nelson, uh, Jordy Nelson mm-hmm. went down with that injury, he's looked mediocre. You took away his best weapon, his best receiver. You took that away from him, and now – he looks average. You have Dante. You have Devonte Adams, but uh, without Devonte, without a second receiver, they just pile up on Devonte Adams. Um, you saw in the, the Thursday night game, the first game of the season, they had three people on Devonte Adams. Although I think the those other receivers are good, they're young, really young. So people are just piling up on Devonte Adams, and until they can get those other receivers to really make plays, they're going to struggle this season. Now they did get some help somehow. Ended up running developing a run game something they that was very surprising i don't know what the hell was going on with the vikings but aaron jones ran for like a hundred and then the backup looked good i just i think that's a fluke though it's no way i'm gonna like i don't think that i don't think that's real yeah you know i've talked about it for you know since the offseason that i don't think the packers have a ton of talent on offense so uh, maybe it is that aaron Rodgers, you know just doesn't have the talent that he's used to having with Devontae adams jordy nelson and you know 
they've never they haven't really had a tight end in a while. I mean, you know, you had uh, Jimmy Graham wake up every now and again, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I, I I just I don't think Aaron Rodgers is, is is the same Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's about to be thirty six years old, and so we'll, we'll see what 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 happens, but. And he breaks his collarbone every damn year. I'm surprised he still has one. So, well, let's um, let's let's check the status of our some of our conference winner picks. I mean, uh, I know my AFC is just terrible. My NFC is still looking good. So I think in the NFC East, I had the Eagles. I hadn't really changed with the Eagles, even though Dallas looks better than I expected. I think you had the Giants coming out of the NFC East. Yeah, you know that that sounds like me. Daniel Jones is coming in, so it's making that a hot, hot topic. You know, Eli Manning get benched. I don't even want to talk about that because that should have been done three years ago. Um, yeah, but I still got the Eagles. Who you got? Uh, Dallas. You going with Dallas? Um, yeah, I, Dallas. Uh, Dallas looks good, man. They they look really, really good on it, it really in every facet of the game. In fairness, um, they played the Giants, Redskins, and they're about to play the Dolphins. You got hey, and they're gonna and they're gonna gotta, play the Saints without Drew Brees now. That's their. You gotta pad them. You gotta get them wins where you can, man. We asking who's gonna win the division. You know, I bet when, three easy wins. What it sounds like to me when Drew Brees. Uh, I mean, the Eagles get the same teams. It's just later, but I bet when Drew Brees hurt his hand, uh, Jerry Jones was like, "Fuck," <laughs> you know, <Yep. laughs> like man, yep. Dak Prescott is about to throw for like. 2,500 yards in the first four games. Like, dude's going to fuck around and get 40 million a year. Even if mm-hmm. even if it's an incentive thing where he is at 40, I just don't see how this dude's not getting like 36 to 38 million a year. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But, yeah, okay, let's move to the NFC South. Mine is looking good. I took Atlanta. I think you took the Saints. I think I took the Saints. Yeah, it's not looking great now. All right. Who you still you going with the Saints, Carolina? Bucks. Uh, I by default I gotta go by go with Atlanta now. Um, I don't trust. Uh, I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not sure Taysom Hill is gonna be any good. And honestly, the Saints have not looked great this year. They they barely beat Houston. Um, and then then they got beat by the Rams. Uh, or wait, yeah, they got beat by the Rams. Um, and now you're gonna miss your your quarterback for six weeks. That's tough sledding. Teddy Bridgewater is going to show what he showed before, man. This is his coming out party, man. This is where he makes his money. That's the one thing I'm, I am like about this injury because I think that Teddy Bridgewater can make his money back with a good season. He made a good decision staying and not leaving and taking that backup role because Drew Brees is 40. I think he might end up getting paid. I have faith in Teddy Bridgewater, man. I'm rooting for him. Teddy's a good guy, so I'm rooting for but him. But you don't really believe, though. I don't. You gonna have to show me. So uh, NFC North. I think I had the Bears. I'm not loving that man. I think the Vikings. I think we both had the Bears. I don't like. I don't like the Bears. Trubisky seems like he's taking five steps back somehow. (laughs) I mean, I just he looks bad, man. Awful, awful. One um, read quarterback, and I'm not even sure if it's a good read. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> yeah, the Bears offense, and a lot of that's on Matt Nagy too. I mean that that offense is trying to get too cute. Agree. And they 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 barely beat the Broncos, and the Broncos, as I told you before, um, you talk about one of your bad calls. I saw no evidence that the Broncos. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The Broncos got cheated that game, bro. And it, it's kind of. Oh, I mean, they got cheated, agree, bro. But that's just part of the. That's just part of the deal. And they got they got stomped by the Raiders. And they, they got a bad call that went their way, okay. that did not go their way against the Bears. Hear me out, though. Hey. So, on Monday Night Football, the late game, road game, on the Raiders' terrible turf. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You come out, you're not as fast, you're, you're playing on that field. I've seen a lot of people struggle on that field. You got the late Monday night game. So, yeah, the Raiders did, did beat them. Then you go and you, you kind of you play well against – you look way better than you did against the Raiders. And then you actually get beat on a great play by one of your young defensive ends getting a sack. And because he laid his body on him, that would have sealed the game. So I don't, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm completely wrong because, of course, the Chiefs are going to win the division. But the Broncos, I'm still in on the Broncos. I think they're going to get uh, better. Here's, I, w- I would like to say, sure, we'll go with that. You know, late game in Oakland, bad field, whatever. And then you play well enough to win the game against Chicago. But do you realize Joe Flacco threw the ball 50 times and they only put 14 points on the bar- board? And he only threw for one touchdown and less than 300 yards. Joe Flacco stinks. I don't care what. They, they, that's been my argument. There's no, there's no way around it. Joe Flacco sucks. And as long as John Elway is running that team, he's going to get Joe Flacco's, the Brock Osweiler's, the Case Keenum's when he doesn't fit that scheme, the Trevor Simeon. I mean, the dude sucks. For a Hall of Fame quarterback, this motherfucker could not spot a good quarterback. No, no, it's funny how... Paxton Lynch. It's funny how he devalues quarterbacks as a quarterback. It's crazy. But hold on, we're not even there yet. We got to get there. NFC West. Rams. I still got I still got the Seahawks. I think Oh, actually we both we both picked Seattle actually. I thought you picked the Rams. Um, I think you picked the Rams. I thought I picked Seattle. But okay, either way, I, we both had them both going to the playoffs. Yeah. So Yeah, we did have that. Um, we said it was going to be a close close race maybe between I, if, them. If I did pick the Rams, I'll stick with the Rams. But uh yeah, I like Seattle. I mean, even though they they kind of get into a slow start, but I think that He's That's still filling out. Do. Yeah, he's filling out his weapons. Carson's good, Penny, but I think mid-season that team is going to be a problem to deal with. I mean, Will Disley's coming back. Um, DK looked good. Um, Carson and good. Carson and Penny look good. Lockett um, defense. They got Clowney. That team is kind of growing together, and every week they look a little bit better in my eyes. So I still like uh, Seattle to win the division. Yeah. All right. Um, we already talked about the NFC West. I I was wrong about Denver. Kansas City's gonna blow it away. They're still one of the best teams in football. Not the top team, probably top three. Um, let's pause on that game for a second. Chiefs Raiders. Um, you know, I expected the Raiders to get blown out in this game, which they eventually did. But it was actually a closer game than the score indicates. Um, you know, the, Derek Carr threw a fade to Tyrell Williams um, in the end zone that got intercepted and it was just a miscommunication between him and Tyrell Williams because um, it was the right play call Tyrell Williams just wasn't expecting it um, but you had a 6-4 receiver against a 5-10 corner who already isn't very good but anyway the Raiders shut out the, the Chiefs in every quarter except for, for the, that second quarter when uh, I've, I've man I, I have never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes yeah, I mean yeah, he's incredible it's not even it's not even his accuracy on passes it's just the passes that he makes that that seem impossible i mean i've seen this cat throw into tight double coverage twice or two or three times in the second quarter that i mean it literally had me thinking and one of them was a no look pass it literally had me thinking like yo how is this dude doing this so i 
I don't know, man. I think that the Chiefs could end up running the NFL for a couple of years if they can get that defense together. I just don't believe in Andy Reid. I believe in their quarterback, and I believe they're always going to be a contender and they're going to be good. But I just feel like Big Red will find a way to fuck it up every year, and that's just my beliefs. But I was encouraged by the Raiders. That Raiders now, defense looked better. Yeah, I'll tell you one and, thing. Um, that's the one thing that I'm super impressed with. Uh, they have a they have a good defense, and traditionally Gruden's has has been good at putting defenses together and um, utilizing his talent, getting the most out of his talent. So the Raiders' defense looked really good this year. I think they're going to be above what I thought they were going to be. I think they'll be more in the eight eight game win area, maybe nine game win area, depending on how bad the Broncos end up being. And I don't I don't know that the Chargers are better than the Raiders right now. And I don't think I would have said that in the beginning of the year. I think the Raiders might be the second best team in that conference. And I think you said yeah. that. Yeah. And and it's encouraging as a Raiders fan to you kind of see, especially with dealing with all the mess they dealt with in the offseason and then last offseason too, and you're starting to see that, you know, they John Gruden knows what he's doing. Um, you know, And they found, again, a, they found a lot of talent with Waller, Tyrell Williams, mm-hmm, Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro, um, some people on mm-hmm. that defense. They found people that have bought in, and you know that John Gruden is a player's coach. That team, win or lose this year, you know that everybody on that team is bought in. You don't have the Max. You don't have the Amari Coopers. People, the people that are on that team right now are all in. And, you know, you can't account for that. And Josh Jacobs looked good, um, you know. And then on the defensive side of the ball, there was talks about them going after Jalen Ramsey, which as of right now, Tuesday evening, that hasn't happened yet. Minka Fitzpatrick has been traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, um, you know, with, with Jonathan Abrams getting hurt, that kind of sucks. But, yeah, I, the Raiders, I don't care what people – people want them to be a clown show, and you kind of saw it on Hard Knocks. The Raiders are headed in the right direction. I agree. Um, and if they could pull off, but the price right now is ridiculous for Jalen Ramsey. They're saying that they want – Two firsts. Yeah, two yeah. firsts and a, and a young player or something. Some Anthony Davis package style, which, I mean, I guess you should, you should ask for that, but – I'm not paying that much for a corner. I got the franchise tag in my pocket. I don't know if I trade him at this, as the Jaguars. I mean, just give him what he wants. The whole argument seems like it was over them playing zone defense and him getting pissed off because he wanted to chase Hopkins around and play him man-to-man the whole game. Let him and do shut it. shut him down. <laughs> you know, yeah. Shut him down. He's your best player. You kind of whatever. You I, know. Hopkins didn't have a great game, did he? I thought no, Hopkins had a bad game. He did. He only, I think it was like five receptions for 40 yards. He had a terrible game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the Raiders are heading in the right direction. I mean, the, if you just look at the score, you'll say, oh, yeah, of course they got, I mean, but it was just one quarter that just the, the Chiefs went insane. But for the most part, other than that, the Chiefs struggled in the first quarter. They didn't score a point in the first quarter. Um, they, they struggled in the third and fourth quarters. And really, if the Raiders – you know they kind of shot themselves in the foot a couple times. Uh, also, some some pretty sketchy calls by the refs, but the Raiders could have been in that game. So, I'm as the season goes on, I'm 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 curious to see what this Raiders team is because, like I said, I think they could be fighting for a wild card spot. Do I think they're a ten win team? No, but I think that they could be in that seven eight game win or you know seven eight game uh, range. Okay, let's talk about so, the AFC North. I took the Browns. Not feeling great about it, but I mean Ben Roethlisberger's out. Uh, the Bengals don't look great. I mean, they look like the same Bengals team we've seen, win some games, lose some games terribly. And then you got the Ravens look really good, but they hadn't really faced any real talent yet. So even though the Browns hadn't looked great and probably won't hit that 12-win mark that I said, I think they're still in line to win the division. 
You know, it's not that the Browns don't look great because we I agree that they don't. Um, Baker Mayfield does not look good. And, I, I, you know, he is praised for his accuracy. He has not had a good start to the season. He's already thrown 18 picks in his first two seasons in the league. Um, I don't, I don't like what I'm seeing. Brett Favre, baby. Yeah, he reminds me of Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so, being fair, how many of these quarterbacks that didn't play at all in the preseason have looked good? Now, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think that the issue for me is the Browns as a whole, they are shooting themselves in the foot constantly with penalties. Um, you know, you had two uh, rough in the passer calls on Miles Garrett. They set Three. the record for penalties uh, in game one. And that offense it just doesn't seem like it's clicking yet. So, well, I, I think that, I mean, people, people laugh at me when I keep saying this. I think they're missing a key piece to their offense, and that's Antonio Callaway. I think when he comes in, I mean, yeah, you know, Rashard Higgins, even though he didn't play last night, he's good, a good possession receiver. And then you also got uh, Wallys and Ratley and all these other big, tall receivers that they're, you know, they're okay. But you can't account for what Callaway did for them last year, and that's just blow the top off the defense. You see what a Tyreek Hill does for offense, a Deshaun Jackson does for an offense, a John Ross. You know, these players change how the offense looks. And at the end of the season, that's what Callaway was doing. I mean, even when he was missing passes, he's just he just takes the top off the defense. He's so fast, so safety has to account for it, and it opens it up for everybody. It opens going to open it up for OBJ. It's going to open it up for Landry over the middle, and it's going to open it up for Chubb. Right now, the only person that they have that can really take the top off the defense is Odell Beckham, and you know they're going to guard him. You know what I mean? So after Odell Beckham, everyone else is running underneath routes. So people aren't getting open because they're just double-teaming Odell Beckham. And then Landry is running his underneath routes, which you can beat with a zone. There's just not a lot of dynamics in that offense right now. It's kind of like what the Giants went up against. If you don't have another receiver that can take the top off, then it's kind of easier to cover Odell Beckham. Yeah, he's going to get loose for one or two passes. But overall, it's going to kind of bog the offense down, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so I'm in wait and see mode with them. I never bought into 12 games with them. I think, like I said, from what I've seen, I think they're they're a eight nine win team. So I think that they'll. So you taking Baltimore to win the division? Because I know you couldn't. You you believe that much in Mason? Mm. And who? Isn't that Mason Rudolph? Oh, <laughs> my bad. I thought we you don't even the know his name, uh, so I know you don't believe in him. No, I th- my bad. I was trying to figure out who I thought you were, we were talking about the Ravens. Um, no, I don't believe that much in Mason. Um, but Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore is doing what Baltimore does. They've got a defense that's built around Lamar Jackson, who, you know, they really rely on the tight ends, and Mark Andrews looks fucking fantastic. Um, and they've got a guy in Marquise Brown who can take the top off the defense. I mean, I, I like everything that the Ravens are doing, and you know that they're for real on defense. So... At this point, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say that Baltimore probably wins that division. I, I They've looked now, like you said, they played the Dolphins, throw them out. And, you know, the, the Cardinals, I, I watched a little bit of the Cardinals, and I like Kyler Murray. And I think the Cardinals, uh, you said it last week, and I did not agree with you, but I do now. I think that the Cardinals will be a tough out. I don't think they're a six, seven get win team, but I think that they're going to be in every game this year. Like, you're, that's not a team you're going to blow out. But I still think they win four or five games. But – um. Yeah, the Cardinals aren't aren't terrible. Yeah, um, I, the fucking Baltimore Ravens. They're they're gonna force me to be a 
you know, kind of a Ravens fan. You know, I always I was already kind of partial to the Ravens just because I like John Harbaugh when he was in Philly as like the special teams coach. Um, I've always kind of liked his style. I liked him as a man, but damn, you got Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, and I'm kind of a fan of Lamar Jackson. I just can't help but watch him. So um, I, I like the Ravens, but I got to stick with that. I picked them with the Browns. You know, they got. I mean, they do got Baker Mayfield, but I went in all in with the Browns, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens win the division. I still think the Browns win the division. I think it'll be close. I think the Ravens will get a wild card because I think they're going to be good. But, yeah, I'm sticking with the Browns. AFC East, Lord Jesus. I picked the Jets, and they just fell apart after week one. Immediately. It started with this. They they started off real good. (laughs) They looked good. And then C.J. Mosley got hurt. The defense falls apart. Then... During the break, like the time when everyone is supposed to be chilling on their couch, resting up, like nine dudes got hurt. Yeah. I don't even know how that happened. So, yeah. I will say about the AFC East, I mean, we know the Patriots are going to win that division. First of all, let's not slight how good that def- that Patriots defense looks at like the best defense they've had in a long, long time. Yeah, because they played the Dolphins. I wanna, yeah. <laughs> I want to bring attention to something, though. The Bills look good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we the, said the that, Bills though, because the Bills' defense has been good for probably the past two mm-hmm. years. And Josh mm-hmm. Allen, Frank Gore, you know, um, John Brown, they got some weapons on that offense now. So if you can just be a threat on offense, just anything, <laughs> they can be a dangerous team because that defense can shut some teams down. Yeah. Um, what, what's left, the AFC South? AFC South, yeah. And I took shit. I took the Jags and uh, Nick yeah, Foles I got hurt. I mean, I was a believer when they had Nick Foles, but he got hurt. This what the second series of the game. Everything was predicated on Nick Foles not being Blake Bortles. Now, even though Minshaw looked good, I just I don't I don't know. And then that defense hasn't looked good either. That defense is probably the most disappointing of all of it. Is that defense has not looked like that defense well, two years Leonard ago. Leonard Fournette has not looked good either. Um you know, I. But I mean, when you don't have a quarterback that can open that up for you, I mean, the receivers that you have, or you got Chris Conley, DJ Chark, and DD Westbrook, who all look good, but most of the yardage that they had in week one was because of Nick Foles. He really opened yeah. up the offense. Now you got Minshaw, who's more of a, you know, system quarterback, dink and dunk, and they all look decent, but nobody's really stretching the field anymore. He doesn't throw it deep. So that makes it hard on a Leonard Fournette because that's the person that you stop. They put eight in the box and then force everybody else to beat you. And he's not letting it go. At least he hadn't. I still think Houston wins that division. The defense looks looks good. Um, and, you know, as long as, as uh, Watson stays healthy, I think that's going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, I, I also think that the, the Colts are going to win the wild card. Uh, or, sorry, it's going to win. It's going to be a wild card team out of that division. Um, are they are the Colts 1-1 one one or 0-2? I got one one. I think they're one and one though, but yeah, yeah they're one and one. I'm gonna stick. I, 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 I I'm gonna stick with the Jags, man. Oh God, nope. <laughs> I I pick Houston. Think Houston wins it. Um, I think Colts are right behind them. Um, I mean, I'm I not believe in Tennessee, even though I like. Isn't everybody in that division one and one? No, the Jags are zero and two. Jags are zero and two. Titans. Everyone else is one and one. You know what? I'm I'm actually gonna change. I think the Titans win that division. I like the That's Titans. That's not a bad pick. I like the Titans. The defense look good. And I know you hate Mariota, but Mariota's looked a lot better this year. Through a little competition with Ryan Tannehill. Now he looks a lot better. I don't I still don't love Corey Davis. I think he's so fucking overrated. But in the fantasy community. No. 
everywhere. <laughs> I don't think he's a starting receiver. <laughs> like I think they would have been I don't better. Know about that. Man, I don't think that dude's a starting receiver. What has he Man, done he, he in his career the, to make you feel like he's a starting receiver in NFL? He was the next T.O. What do you mean? Oh, okay. Isn't that what everybody said? Yeah, that's what they thought. <laughs> I, yeah. I think he's close to bust material person. He had one good game last year against the Eagles where they completely shit the bed and he had like 200 yards. Other than that, I don't remember that dude having an impact in two seasons. I mean, I agree with you. Uh, and, you know, it, he was the number five pick overall and – uh yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not a big Corey Davis guy. I'm out on the Titans offense as a whole, but that defense is – I mean, Derrick Henry, the Titans are going to – You refuse yeah. to give Derrick Henry the respect. Derrick Henry has looked good. He has looked good. I'll give it to him. Um, but, yeah, I, that defense keeps them in games, and they do exactly what they need to do to, to win. I mean, the Colts pulled out the victory, but, um, you know, the tight, that Titans defense – I mean, that, the, the crazy thing about this entire division – with, with except for the Jacksonville Jaguars right, Jaguars right now, is that entire defense has a or entire uh, division has a good defense. So if Jacksonville can get their shit together, I mean they're they're right in it because none of these teams are going to blow you out. No, I agree. So you know, I mean, it, you know, Minshaw, they all have I good think, defenses. I think Minshaw has to help the defense because I think that they're getting too many three and outs. They have to that that was my big thing about Nick Foles is being able to help the defense and keep them off the field. And I don't know that that's being done right now. But I will, I think he's a good I think he's a good quarterback, especially for a rookie. But he has, he's going to have to grow up a little bit, man. He's going to have to be more of a game manager. They're going to have to find creative ways to get Leonard Fournette the ball, get those receivers. Do, go back to that Black Bortles package. Keep running crossing routes. <laughs> get those right. fast receivers. DJ Chark and Conley and D.D. Westbrook, they're all fast. Do some deep crossing routes. Make some easy throws and just make sure you don't go three and out. Long drives. Try to win the game ugly. you know. And then that'll be a, that's the formula that they need to be using for success. But, yeah, man. I'm gonna go when I still believe I still believe in Jacksonville to be better, but I think the Titans are gonna win that division. I, I like what I've seen from them, and AJ Brown is already better than Corey Davis. Uh, cannot argue that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, man. I think that's it. Uh, we've got another, you know, got a good week kicking off. Um, you know, I'm not gonna watch the Titans Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday. Did you see Gridiron Heights today? Yes, it did. <laughs> that shit was uh, hilarious. It's uh, whatever Bleacher Report is doing, whoever they're paying for Gridiron Heights and uh, for Game of Zones, <laughs> keep it up, man. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, that's not a Thursday night game I'm super excited about. But, uh, you know, I, I don't even think I have any fantasy players going, so there's really no reason for except for your boy Logan Ryan. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. Did he score this week? Did he do good this week? Yeah, he got a, he got a pick. I think he had eight, eight points, something like that. So, um, all right, y'all. That's it. That's all. That's week three or week two in the books. Week three. Um, hopefully, we get another exciting weekend of football. Maybe a little less dangerous weekend of football, so that we can all uh, enjoy the show. So, and if you we'll stuck around this long, I'm gonna give you a fantasy tip. Your waivers uh, are tomorrow. By Will Disley, man. I'm telling you, I've been reading up on him. I mean, when he when he's been healthy with Russell Wilson, he has been impactful. He was starting last year. Then he tore his patilla something. <laughs> and then week one, he got hurt like the second play of the game. So, Will Disley, big week this week. Thank me later. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep the receipts on that one. <laughs> so, all right, y'all. That's it. That's all. Peace. Peace.